So it's a high likelihood, if you're listening to this podcast, that you surely want to save our independent restaurants that make Portland a special place, and we hope they get back to um, the business of uh, hospitality soon. So now is the time to get loud and turn up the pressure. Um, there are three quick and easy actions you can take this week to help save restaurants. One is to use that hashtag, hashtag save restaurants. And we want you to email your representatives asking them to co-sponsor the Restaurants Act. Spread the word about saverestaurants.com, the Independent Restaurant Coalition, and also donate to the Independent Restaurants Coalition if you're able. And of course, as I just said, you'll find them at saverestaurants.com. So um, get into the fight and help our friends in the industry get the relief they need to survive this crisis. It's not over. But uh, the IRC is helping them get closer and closer each day. So go to saverestaurants.com and uh, email your representatives, spread the word, and donate to the IRC. This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. It's time for July 4th. Zupan's has everything that one needs for a fantastic July 4th. We'll start with ready-to-heat barbecue rib dinner with Rufus Teague barbecue sauce, baked beans, everything potato salad, which is really good, Mm -hmm. corn and tomato salad, and, of course, cornbread. They also have a barbecue chicken dinner with the same barbecue sauce, a watermelon salad, cilantro lime slaw, and you can fire up your grill and order a backyard burger kit, everything you need to create delicious and juicy burgers from three patty flavors, Zupan Signature Burger, which I highly recommend, the Triple Cheddar Patty or Bacon and Blue Patty, and the kit includes your brioche buns, toppings, condiments, and chips. And speaking of those burgers, Chris, I saw this on uh, Zupan's Instagram account, which, by the way, everybody should follow. Uh, It is uh, summertime, so it has started up. I'm talking about burgers in the breezeway. Burgers in the breezeway at Lake Oswego. Every Thursday through the summer, you can enjoy these gourmet burgers, which you just talked about, as well as toppings and french fries. And every week, they have a rotating weekly specialty burger. So this week, uh, in fact, today, the Z-Mac Burger Shredded Iceberg, Thousand Island Dressing Pickles, uh, American Cheese, and your choice of beef or veggie patty on a sesame seed bun. Uh, this I is, didn't uh, see special sauce there. Where's the special well, sauce? Well, I think the so- you got the Thousand Island Dressing in there. Is there what you I'm, go. Is what I, I guess did, it they is. They didn't want to get in uh, hot water, but we could say it. That's the special sauce. Oh, yeah, yeah. All orders are to go, so no on-site seating, but uh, uh, very easy to walk up there at the breezeway at Lake Oswego. And order and take off and enjoy it at your, you know, a house or go to a park maybe. Oh, so, and if you want to go to a park and do this, this is awesome. My girlfriend and I enjoyed their lobster and clam bake last month. It's coming up again Saturday, June 27th. Uh, so you can get their cla- their clam bake at home, which features lobster tails, clams, wild shrimp, and kielbasa. I got to tell you, that was the best meal I've had since the pandemic started and it also features crystal champagne so um if you really want to go do a beautiful thing and celebrate june 27th you can order that online at zupans.com and you can look for additional dinner dates in july and you know stay tuned for august as well so that's at zupans.com and where else court 
Well, you got the three locations. You got McAdam, you got West Burnside, you got Lake Oswego, and then always, of course, always, 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 zoopans.com. Here it is, time once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures, and I'm Corey Johnson from kink.fm. We're actually returning to an episode that was released in uh, mid-March, just before life changed forever. Uh, we're going to re-air or repost our conversation with Kiara Hardy. She is Trailblazer Hassan Whiteside's private chef. She also runs Kitchen Killa Culinary Solutions. And uh, we thought it would be great to come back and uh, reintroduce everybody to her because I think she got lost in the mix. This great conversation that we had with uh, Chef Kiara, as well as her uh, business and life partner, uh, Crystal Chanel. So uh, here it is, a reposting of episode 234, Kiara Hardy, right here on Right at the Fork. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets, inspiring you with the best in food and wine. Local, family-owned Zupan's Markets provides a unique grocery shopping experience for Portland food lovers. Excellent products sourced locally and from around the globe with delicious chef-prepared meals for your convenience on West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Visit Zupans.com and sign up for your exclusive deals and promotional offers. We've been talking about the Portland food scene for seven years. But you're not really the Portland food scene. You're a, you're a, you're in the food industry. Right. You're a chef, right. but you operate ex- totally outside of everything that we talk about, except for the fact that after a little while, two things. Mm-hmm. After a little while, you get to know what's going on out there because right. you are a chef and you appreciate great food. For sure. So we we helped introduce you to uh, Eric Van Clay and Arden Wine Bar the mm-hmm. other day. So that was, did you have a good time? I enjoyed it so much. Great people, great food. Good. But it was the really, welcome really drink, <laughs> I dreamed about for days. <laughs> That's great. Well, I don't know about you, but the uh, the crab and that the the pig and blanket for yes, me. Yes, that was so, a good one. The tartare was my favorite. There you go. But I think what's interesting, though, is that ultimately, I think um, we are a part of the Portland food scene because not only do I cook for probably one of the most notable people in Portland, um, but ideally, we want I want to be able to do pop-ups here. Uh, pop-ups are a part of my brand. that We do them probably three to four times a year. So I would love to be able to expand that and do it in Portland, too. Well, the, we, since we've met, we've mm-hmm. been talking about that. So we can try to help assist. Or you may yeah. be, you have a lot of connections now. You can oh. make it happen, too. Yeah, so, we'd um, love to. It was, your, your pop-up was incredible. We had a good time. Um, Crystal really really you know we always when we go to events whether they're food related or not we always kind of dissect them because events are, is what we do oh cool I'd like so, to hear this <laughs> so we you know we looked at you know from like she said from the welcome drink you know to the, the place cards and, and the assigned seating um, the service was great um, there was no shortage of, of, of 
food and wine and those things. So I thought, you know, and and we sat at an incredible table. I don't know what the other table was doing, but we had so much fun so, and nobody wanted to leave. And, and that's always a sign of an incredible event when people want to linger after. I appreciate that. So not to get into Portland food adventures too much. <laughs> I never mind that. But the point is the assigned seating for me was really important because I can't stand walking into an event and uh, you might be late, you might be early, right. uh, we're going to sit now, I don't know if you want to sit over there. Yeah. So I like to take, for my events that people are paying for, I like to take responsibility for that. So you, it was not by accident you were sitting where you were sitting. <laughs> no, it, there wasn't. I, I mean, I know a certain percentage of people coming each time, so I'll, right. the people that I don't know, I'll do my best. I even go by names, mm-hmm. so I think if it's a Jennifer, you're probably dealing with someone in their 40s. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I do my best. That's some deep thought. <laughs> yeah, but I, it, so before you came, mm-hmm. so I'm not a chef, I don't do any of the cooking or anything, but it took me over a half hour to place 40 seats to make sure that it was right. Right. And then, of course, our friend Carrie shows up and moves my girlfriend to the other side <laughs> of the table. Right. And that, right. you know, she's a guest, so you can't get pissed. But right. on the other hand, it's like, okay. Here's like, I want to sit here. Well, yeah, I can't so, even get mad, Chris, because I was like, Carrie, I haven't spoken to you all week. You got to sit right here. It was, it was, oh, it was your it was me. It was, it was me. Oh, I provoked well, it. Well, just so you know, so, you know, people have done know. that before and then they'll take a married couple. It's okay. Okay, if it's me, right? right? Renee and I don't have to sit next to each other, but right. they'll take a married couple who paid to come to the event, <laughs> and they'll start moving gift, it was me. Uh, place cards around. That's right. hilarious. And I let's, know better, because I do events. Right, right, right. Let's, right. let's end this podcast right now. I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so no, I, I take great pains. And how did you like the angle of the gift cards afterwards? We should have given a private dinner with Hassan. Right in, in the envelope would have been nice. If that would have been nice. Up. Yeah, that would have been nice. Um, it was great. Um, Crystal, when we looked through them, Crystal's like, "Oh my gosh, we got." So we started scheduling when we're going to these places. So it's three more dates you get to go on, or four. Indeed. Actually, you get to go back to Arden. Exactly. Indeed, we went to Fifty Licks last night without the gift card. Yeah, <laughs> we just went because because Eric said. As a chef, this is the smooth. This is smooth. I won't mention the competitor that he compared it to, uh. but he said it was great. So, for my son's birthday, four of us went last night. For awesome! It. So Very fifty cool. licks. So, how has it been discovering this Portland food scene for you? Before we talk about what you do, and no, it's been fun. It's been fun. Um, before we got here, we were already told, "Hey, it's a it's a foodie town. You're gonna love it. It's lots of cool stuff." Um, so I've been loving, you know, the endless supply of Dungeness crab, which <laughs> <laughs> seems it, like it's it practically endless? free everywhere. Oh my gosh! Oh, it's not free. No, I know, but it's compared so... compared to our market in South Florida, it's it's like a sixty percent pricing. Uh, in decrease right, than what the, we're accustomed to in South Florida. You get different crab there. That's yeah, yeah, you know, but it's still you know. I, I love Dungeons Crab. It's always been my favorite, so I'm excited to see it everywhere. You should have come with us. Uh, we went to the Mac Club, so we had Philippe Below, mm-hmm. who's going to be on this podcast soon, uh, who's the chef there who invited us to their annual crab best. Oh my! Oh. So we had all the crab we could handle. Oh my gosh. Uh, the other night. Yeah, so I'm jealous. <laughs> they, they did tell us. I brought that up because they did tell us that a couple of years ago, they bought out all the crab available in a particular week in wow. Portland. That there was no other crab anybody wow. could, to buy. So wow. anyway, yeah, that's I love your, it. That's your dream. Yeah, for sure. For I'm sure. A lo- I'm more of a lobster person, though. I love the crab. Yeah. 
And I really like when it's free, like when you don't pay, <laughs> because then I don't have to pick every last little bit of it. Right, if right, right. If it's all you can eat, then right. I'll go for the big chunks. Yeah. Right. But lobster, to me, yeah. I don't know. How yeah. do you feel about that? No, I, I love lobster. I think when done well, you know, not overcooked and uh, done with flavor, I think it's really good. But I think crab is definitely my favorite. Good. Well, then this was a mo- good move for you. Yeah, yeah. For where sure. was where was Hassan traded from? So you're at the mercy of the NBA. <laughs> certainly, certainly. He was traded from the Miami Heat. Um, so I was a chef in South Florida. I live in Fort Lauderdale. I, well, I lived in Florida, Fort Lauderdale, um, and he was living in Miami Beach. So I was kind of you know driving. It's an hour drive or so every day to cook for him um, while he was with Miami. And then when he got traded here. Um, you know, the conversation was like, hey, chef, I like you. <laughs> I think you like me, too. So let's let's make sure that I don't have to go find a new chef in Portland. And I was like, let's oh, do so it. That was a, that wasn't it wasn't a given that you were coming. You no, I, don't, I don't think anybody's job is a given anytime. You well, know, but yeah, but if he <laughs> but if he does, lo- if he in fact does love your cooking, mm-hmm. he's not going to want to. Start with an unknown in another yeah, market. That's what we would hope. But I think when you look at not just athletes, but people of a certain uh, financial status, right, they want, vi- they want are, variety. They're <laughs> you of know? a certain financial status, basketball yeah, players? They certainly are. <laughs> um, you know, they want variety. And if you can afford to switch up your private chefs every six months, every year, every two years, which I've seen lots of high network people do, then you do. So, you know, as a personal chef, we can only hope that I'm doing what you like, um, that I'm keeping it fresh. And, you know, that it's something that you say, hey, regardless of what she's cooking, I want to make sure this is my chef. And if I need something different, I tell her. Or if you want to go explore different ideas or different cuisines, then we kind of do that together and say, all right, I want to start doing some Asian stuff or I want to do more Mediterranean stuff. Um, but, but it's very common that people just start swapping chefs out left and right. Um, so I'm lucky. I'm blessed that he he wanted to bring me with him because, like you said, Portland's a foodie place and there's no shortage of chefs here that he could have chosen from. Well, yeah. It's a lot of the good ones are working, but he could, he could get them too. Again, yeah. Probably yeah. get a few to say, uh, well, that's something we've all been talking about And too. I think, you know, one of the things that's so important in the private chef world, Chris, is it becomes about way more than just food. So uh-huh. while you can get a chef anywhere, I think Hassan realized that the relationship that he built with a chef, Kiara Hardy, was one that he didn't want to let go just because things changed with his contract. I would imagine that's a big part of it. It's a huge it's part a, of it. It's the vibe, too. And let's face it. He's he's got you in his house, so he has to he has to like you to be there for exactly. sure, and trust you impeccably because ev- there are a lot of people, you know, celebrities. They you know everybody you don't know what everybody's after, so have, sure. trusting you, I think, is a big issue when you know going to a new city. Why would you want to start with someone you don't necessarily know? The food could be great, you yeah. know. You could he could find some great chef at a great restaurant and. I was asked about it, and I thought of some great chefs when we were looking for somebody else um, who might want to leave the restaurant for a little sabbatical for six months <laughs> right. to, to work with a, a blazer. Right, yeah. So, um, so I think that is as important. But let's talk a little bit about you becoming a great enough chef to make food that he or anybody wants to keep coming. So wh- where did you uh, where did you cut your teeth and um, how did you learn to cook lobster properly? <laughs> well, I, I uh, probably took a, a non-traditional trajectory to personal chefing or to just to chefing in general. Um, I started my 
my life really working retail and grocery. I loved food. Um, I cooked at home all the time. Um, and after about 10 years of just kind of, you know, figuring out grocery and retail, I did re- very well. By the time I was done in, in grocery, I was a multi-unit district manager. I was, you know, running multiple stores, making decent money. But at the end of every day, I'd spend 10 or 12 hours working. And then I would go to that final store and grocery shop and take my time and then go home and cook and just kind of relax. And that was my decompressing at the end of every day. And it's kind of, um, you know, kind of cliche, but I was literally sitting on the sofa one day and watching a commercial for the Art Institute. And it was like right before my 30th birthday. And I said, oh, I don't want to do this That's already occurred? It has. <laughs> it has. It has. And I was like, gosh, I want to I want to cook. But more than cook, I want to kind of learn the fundamentals of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to I want to get some knowledge behind the passion that I have for cooking. And so I kind of started all over and went to culinary school. I got my first cooking job. I was making like $10 an hour. And I just kind of, you know, put my head down and and cooked. And um, luckily, because I had so much background in grocery and retail, managing staff and that kind of stuff, the place where I started to work, they had no control over their ordering and their budget and, you know, managing their staff and scheduling and all those things. And that was stuff I knew how to do from my previous um, career. Uh, So suddenly, you know, even though I was a brand new cook, I was the kitchen manager, (laughs) like within six months. Um, So then my cooking had to catch up, you know, with with the other things I could do. So I just studied and studied and practiced at home and cooked for anybody who would let me cook for them just to keep practicing. Um, And I knew right away that I didn't want to do restaurant cooking. I didn't want the monotony of restaurants. I thought restaurants were really cool. But for me, I knew I needed to be fresh every day. I needed the excitement of, of cooking something different. So I knew I wanted to go into personal chef, private chef work um, and catering and things like that. How long ago was that? That was about six years ago. I always marvel at how quickly these... And that's why I, I say... I think it's, back to six years ago, yeah. I, I was doing what I was doing last <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I say it's not a traditional you know, trajectory because a lot of chefs that I respect, you know, they started as dishwashers. They were 15 and they did, you know, they worked their way up. And I think that's an awesome way to learn, certainly. Um, you know, but everybody has a different road, you know, and a different track to take. And this just happens to be mine. So I'm super grateful for the, you know, the process and, um, you know, I, I think there's a long ways to go, you know? Well, you got, it's kind of exciting to think about, you know, where you are now. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I mean, you're hanging around with not only Hassan, but, you know, Dave, Dame and, you know, all these cool people. They're and, cool guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but to think of, you know, you're I get young. to hang out with you too, Chris. <laughs> and you're pretty cool. That's, <laughs> that's the downside to all of it. That's, that's the balancing the great stuff. So, but it, but you have a cool future in front of you. For sure. Um, and so now you're, uh, you know, you've accomplished a lot. What, what was the moment where you got, you know, into... Was it was Hassan your first private chef gig with an NBA player or? Um, so uh, for probably about a year leading up to when I met Hassan, I had been doing some pretty elite clientele in South Florida doing but short things like weekend birthday party, you know, like guys would come to Miami and spend their week, their birthday weekend. And I take care of them and their friends for, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, and then not just athletes, but, you know, doctors, lawyers, whoever, you know, people who want the convenience of a Yeah, yeah. We did. But how do you get those gigs <laughs> well, right off the bat? Is it Crystal who 
was helping you with this. So, one, so <laughs> Crystal, Crystal folded in. Um, I brought on Crystal's company. Um, folded, folded. That's a chef. Yeah, that's a chef. Burn. It is. We folded <laughs> meringue. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It is a chef turd. Um, Crystal and I met probably around that time that my business started to kind of take off for sure. Um, I was doing smaller things and, you know, she, Crystal runs a marketing company and um, we just kind of started talking about where my business could go. And initially I was doing these little pop-up dinners and I was hosting them at my house and I was selling tickets to people come come to my home. How much were the tickets? Like 50 bucks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was giving them, I was going in, I was giving them like five courses, um, but I didn't have a host. I didn't have anything. It was just like- place cards. I didn't no, have place cards. I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have coupons. <laughs> <laughs> I had none of that. I had, I had two eight foot tables spread out in my house and I was sitting people down as many as I could. Um, and then that I kind of grew, I outgrew it. Um, and I met Crystal because she was hosting an event and I went to check her out and I was like, yeah, that's the host I need. And then once we sat down and met, uh, we realized, oh, well, she does more than hosting. She has a whole marketing company. Um, so we started talking about brand development and exposure and things like that. And so at that point, that's kind of where my business started to take off. So as I began to cook for, you know, people like Andrew Gillum and Tony Robbins and, and some really high profile people in South Florida, um, you know, she taught T- me Tony how to. Tony Robbins? Yeah. Wow. What was that like? <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Are you cool. allowed to say whether he's really a nice guy or kind of not? He was a great client, is what I'll say. Okay. Yeah, he was a great client. It was, in, and he has a beautiful home yeah. in South Florida. I've always thought he looks like he's a little taken with himself. I mean, anybody <laughs> with anybody with a lot of money. But you got to be self assured to be able to talk other people into being their best, right? Right. But there's a, a difference. There's yeah. a difference in self insured and <laughs> a. I'll leave that alone. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. But, so that's cool. Yeah, for that, sure. That, for sure. So to do that in short time, that's pretty cool because well, I mean, a lot of people struggle, struggle, struggle and yeah. go from one place to the other and they're not yeah, anywhere. There, you, there's, there's a bit of luck in that and there is also some preparation. Um, you know, I always knew where I wanted to go. My end game for me was having a high net worth, a high net worth um, client. Uh, that was the I end game for me. I need to get that into my, my into my mindset. Just yeah. high net worth. Yeah, it doesn't for matter. something yeah. for me. <laughs> for me, I need to have that as a. That's goal. what I wanted to do. So everything I did was in preparation for that. And even before I had that client, when Crystal and I first started, she had she has a huge social media following. So I just would cook for her. You know, as I was in between people, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to cook for you one because I know you're going to show me off to all your folks, and that's going to widen my bro- my 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 um your reach my reach. But also, I need to practice you know and I know that you will eat pretty much everything that I make so when I wanted when I did a week of vegan I did a week of gluten-free I did you know a week of pescatarian she was kind of my my test dummy (laughs) you know what I mean so you know it's a lot to pressure preparation and being ready for that kind of stuff so when it comes you can you can produce all right so that's awesome and I you're you're a you have a business partnership or it's a client yeah, I, 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 yeah, she's the love of my life, but I'm also her client, right, so, <laughs> and my company pays her company every month on time. <laughs> so so um, we're back with Kiara Hardy, personal chef to Hassan Whiteside, and Crystal Mathis, who, what's the name of your company? We didn't, uh, press Release Marketing. Uh, press Release Marketing, and where do people find both of you? Because as a publicist, is that what you call yourself? Well, actually, I just do marketing. I mean, you know... 
PR spills over. It becomes like a byproduct of good marketing, but my focus is marketing. Okay. So, and where do people find your company? Uh, you can just go online, justpressrelease.com. Okay. Yeah, that's easy a good website. Name. <laughs> well, but press release, to me, having come from the advertising world, that says publicist. Right. And then where do people find you? Uh, so my website, kitchenkiller.com, K-I-L-L-A, kitchenkiller. Uh, Instagram is typically where people love to go. Uh, it's kitchen underscore killer, K-I-L-L-A. Um, you know, Facebook, Kitchen Killer, Culinary Solutions. But typically the website and Instagram is, is, is the way to go. All right. I want to get to the dish that I just mentioned a moment ago <laughs> before we went to the break. However, I don't remember. We, we had a nice dinner together. I don't know if I asked you this. Do you are you guys into uh, Larry David and Kirby Enthusiasm at all? No. Oh, so really. this is going to fall flat. Yeah, <laughs> I do know Kirby Enthusiasm. I love yes, I've seen well, it once. There is an awesome episode, and it's probably my favorite of all of them, where he runs into a rapper at, named Crazy Eyes Killer, and so <laughs> so Larry needs to find him, and he calls information to find K- Killa, <laughs> and he can't figure out how to spell Killa, so he's like K-I-L-L-A-H, <laughs> and then I's too, is E-Y-S, E-Y-Z, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So do you ever run into that? Just so I can make that relevant. I don't think so. I'm Not trying to help. Yeah, so I know. K-I-L-L-A. Just the A. Period. Period. That's it. So what was the dish, Crystal, where you thought, it was, I think um, I'm swooning over this woman? Yeah, so... Just to be clear, she would deliver food to my house mm-hmm. every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be a work situation, but after a while, I felt like I was eating her love. <laughs> <laughs> well, shouldn't that be the way with a chef anyway, whether, right. whether there's a real love connection or, or not? Sure. Yes, absolutely. But it was, you got to tell me, it was like a seafood boil. Yeah, it was like, like it was a bouillon base, you know, it was... Um, like a white wine bouillabaisse, I think, right. and, and I had uh, mussels and clams and scallops, and scallops in there with some green Lobster. beans and yeah. Just every single note, seafood. Note to self for <laughs> Renee bouillabaisse. <laughs> Although I I've made her swoon with my white clam sauce yeah. on pizza. I mean, not on pizza. Pasta. 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 Well, I love it on pizza too. So that's oh, a big thing in New Haven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, where I come from. Um, so it was a bouillabaisse. Mm-hmm. And what do you consider your? What do you do best? Mm. What do I, I do I, best? So, if, have you been on one of the TV on? A TV I have not. Show? No. Oh, come on, that's got to happen. Yeah, we so. go back and forth because we don't want to leave Hassan, so it makes it a little bit of challenge. We so, like to stay right uh, where we are. Are you with him all summer too, and on the off season? Um, in pieces. So it depends on you know if he's traveling, if he's in Miami, if he's in North Carolina, if he's training. Then typically I'll go with him if he is in training mode, um, wherever he is, and if he's looking for something consistent. If he's on vacation, like in Spain or Europe or wherever, then no, because he wants to go out and eat and do those things. Of course. Um, but there are pockets of the summer where we are together. Um, so it's kind of hard to schedule those things, but. You know, he's my priority in terms of scheduling in general. So we try to do things like like today around the NBA schedule. And, um, you know, the, the way the NBA schedule is, it provides plenty of space to do essential things. Um, so if, you know, something that in terms of TV comes up that fits in the schedule and it's not di- disruptive to me being available to him, then, you know, we're totally open to that. It, as I understand it, it would have to be a big chunk of time in the summer. That's what I understand. Because it's not one day. Exactly. Yeah. So I, it's yeah. usually more. So, 
Um, so my question was going to be, if you went on one of those shows mm-hmm. and you had to perform at your highest level and impress judges to no end, what would you, what would it be? <clears throat> I think it'd have to be something similar to what I cooked for Crystal. It worked. Or, wanna, yeah. So I mean, if it makes somebody fall here. in love, then, you know, <laughs> right, how bad gonna, can it be, right? Have, Talk you, to us a little bit about your brand and, and your mantra of how you do all food. Yeah, so whatever that would be, whatever that dish would be, it'd probably be sophisticated comfort food. So even, uh, like, just recently I did a segment on uh, K2TV, local channel 2 here. Um, I did a seafood pasta, but it was a white wine with a butter sauce. Um, you know, just a, a basic pasta dish, but just kind of turning it up a little bit, making it sophisticated, adding lobster and scallops and things like that. And uh, is you that know, recipe at K two? It or, is. Are you going to provide that? Is it uh, Chef Killer or Kitchen Killer? I, I, yeah, yeah, we can definitely get it. It's on the K2 website. Um, but but yeah, I can give you guys that for sure. That's my thing. Yeah. So I want to just add that to my clients. For sure. Yeah. And it's it's an easy, I, I literally did it live in six minutes. So you, it's well, an easy the key, dish. Yeah, the TV thing. Yeah, you but, be able to but do you know, most times on TV you can fake it and it's like, oh, and voila, here's my finished dish. Right. That's an easy one that is full of flavor. Um, you know, and if you do it right, it's great. It's quick, it's easy, and it's, it's great tasting. So when you go to a new city like Portland, we talked about this as well, and I'm, you know, I guess we're going to be a little incestuous here in <laughs> getting to an answer that is one of our sponsors. I think <laughs> you don't know anything. Right. So you literally show up in Portland. There've got to be people who can help you around a little bit, but you're the professional, right? And you don't know where to source things. The day if you get here on a Tuesday, right? You need to know by Wednesday how to source things. Literally, <laughs> when we got here, um, we flew in with Hassan. Um, I want to say on a Thursday, and we got here at midnight that night, and I had. Breakfast. I had to have breakfast ready at 8 a.m. the next morning, mm-hmm. and it was my first time setting foot in Portland. So we had to find stories immediately. Yeah, <laughs> immediately. Is, and, that, is that a Google thing or? Yeah, or? I mean, initially it's a Google thing for sure. But as we get to know people, like you said, you know, Carrie, our realtor, um, you know, friends of 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 the contractors and the wives of the contractors, people who we just run into, they tell us, "Hey, these are great places to shop. These are great places to go." Uh, Zoo Pants has been one of my favorite places. Um, to go, they their their specialty seafood and specialty meats. Uh, it's amazing. Um, so even after seeing some of the other places, that's always my my go back to store. We went there this morning to get ready. We got to you know go to Cat Two TV again today. Um, oh, you're just you're, they love you. Yeah, 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 would. yeah. We do. She it. actually has a monthly segment now up until. Um, Whenever, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you never know. But yeah. yeah, right now she she's booked as long as we're here. Oh, that's very cool. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. So yeah, Sue Pans is one of my favorites. How does sure. that compare to markets that you've been across the country? Great question. I'll answer that. Mm-hmm. I think um, you know a lot of times at home we take for granted our our, our superstars and and our influencers and and so I think a lot of times in South Florida it's her home but they took for granted you know the the caliber of woman that she is and what she brings to the culinary industry so here in Portland is so much fun because people get excited about the same things we were doing in Florida it was Miami Heat in Florida you know Um, uh, Andrew Gillum was running for for governor at that time and Tony Robbins like she's done some incredible things even in South Florida but being here 
in a new place, there's so much appreciation for the shiny new chef in the area. And and we love it. Yeah, we absolutely love it. For sure. I love it um, because I think that one, you know, I'm a black female chef. I'm a lesbian. Um, You know, I think it brings some diversity for sure. Um, And it lets people know that we can do a number of things, not just in restaurants, but in a personal chef and catering Um, outside of cooking for Hassan. My my catering company, we do luxury weddings. We do corporate events. I mean, we've cooked for Adidas and American Express up to 1,500 people at a time. So, you know, I think that being on podcasts like yours here in Portland, you know, being on Reaching Casey, millions upon millions. <laughs> exactly. You know, I think it's an incredible opportunity just to show that there's so much diversity in the culinary world. Um, so I love the opportunity. I'm excited. I'm grateful for it. So what I was getting at, and I want to talk a little bit more about being a private chef to uh, to Hassan and mm-hmm. Blazers, but uh, when I moved here, from the East Coast, what shocked me was the quality. I You were yeah. talking about zoo pens, mm-hmm. but of the ingredients. So we have the farmer's markets yeah. here, which you wouldn't have known on Friday when you had to make breakfast. But right. you'll figure that out every time. <laughs> but the quality of the grocery stores, the choices, you know, most people in Portland don't have one grocery store. When I lived in Connecticut, it was stop and shop, and that was it. Right. But you come out here, and it's... Like restaurants, it's, oh, I'll go here for that. And here yeah. For that. How did 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 you notice that off? The <laughs> yeah, back? right away, right away. Um, there's several stores that I go to on a daily basis. You go to certain stores for the basics, and then when you want elevated things, you go to other stores. Or when you want produce, you go to other stores. So definitely, and um, oh, we did tons of farmers market. Yeah, and yeah. I, I mean the farmers markets are so much fun for me um, because I love the small business component. You know, I like those specialty honeys and. Um, think the barbecue sauces that you get and and the people that you meet um it, it's amazing it's it's totally it, it's the nucleus of what has happened in Portland if you look at a lot of chefs that have gone and a lot of food companies mm-hmm. that have started I mean we just had an episode of Dave's Killer Bread he right. started yeah. at the Portland Farmers Market over mm-hmm. here handing out bread with a little butter on it right and he's huge yeah he's like. He's not even in the business anymore. <laughs> He's now collecting African art. That's right. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. Saw so, that. but but we have plenty. We have uh, Marshall's hot sauce that started there, and mm-hmm. chefs. That's when I first got into this. You could go down and see every chef, not every, but many, at the Portland Farmers Market sourcing for the week. It was really cool yeah. thing yeah. that had nothing to do with the East Coast. Yeah, correct. So, all right, we're back with Kiara Hardy and Crystal Mathis talking uh, a little bit on a, on a different plane in the Portland food, food world right now. Really cool. We have had nothing to do with the Trailblazers on this podcast for years. Really? Well, I mean, it's not a sports podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> so in order, you know, now it, I didn't really even think about how they ate too much. <laughs> and we're friends mm-hmm. with several chefs that cook for Blazers players. Right. They would love to talk about food. Well, we have we have Lex on next week, okay, go too. Ahead. So, um, you know, we, we've, we met a few of you in mm-hmm. one yeah. shot, and so that's pretty awesome. So, the interesting thing is, you don't know how long you're going to be in Portland. That could end tomorrow. Well, not necessarily tomorrow. Well, but no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, on any given day or yeah. any given year, yeah. there could be a trade. For sure, for sure. Right. So I'm not. It's, it's has. It's not a statement on Hassan's yeah, no, no, playing no. ability at all. But just in terms of your 
Security. Our lives. Yeah. yeah, your lives. You yeah. don't know. So. Yeah. I mean, well, as as do some jobs, you know, he works under contract. Um, and right now he'll be a free agent at the end of this season. So he could very well resign with the Trailblazers. He could sign with other another team. Um, but, you know, it's the joy and, you know, kind of the downside of you just don't know. But I mean, I'm young and I want to see the world. And if I get to be able to see the world via something that I do for a living that I love, then, you know, who can complain, you know? Yeah, no, I, I but it's it's a little tough. You're, you can't even go to your employer <laughs> and say, what does it look like, you know, in November? Are we going to be here? He we have no idea. Yeah, you gotta, you got to go by the sports pages yeah. to see what's going on. <laughs> so. we, we have some conversations, but ultimately, you know, you, you just don't know. There's so many different variables with that. So it could be one thing one day and something totally different the next day. So for me, I know, you know, for him as a man, for him as a professional, you know, that there are lots of things weighing on him. He has lots of things to think about. So me asking him 35 questions about where he's going to be is like, it no, doesn't you, make sense. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just saying you have, to, you have to sit with that as a reality. For sure. You For sure. The, I yeah. didn't mean you were going to go say, hey, yeah, no. can you tell us? <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> what are we What's doing? What's next? <laughs> but that leads to, you know, you, so you know when the Blazers are in town and when they're not in town. So right. you could, you could schedule this podcast looking at the Blazers schedule. Yeah, come in when they're out of town. Yeah. But there are days when they're in town, and I would imagine, so uh, describe a typical day, a week, or like a couple of day period when the game, is, so it's Tuesday, right. and the game, the next game is locally in Thursday. What does that three-day period look like for you? So a homestand, uh, which is what we would call it, right? right? When they're home, when there's a homestand. A homestand, basically, they still have to go to practice. Uh, there's still typically treatment. So if there's any injuries lingering or just things, you know, you want to get massages and things like that. He spends lots of time at the arena. So for me, it's uh, breakfast in the morning. Um, what do you make know, for breakfast? Oh, it depends. He loves oatmeal. So I do variations of... Hey, I can be a, a blazer <laughs> chef. You, you could. You could if you could do oatmeal, but I mean, I make I make a damn good oatmeal. So, okay. you know, you just can't All throw right. it in the microwave. Right. <laughs> so he likes oatmeal. Um, he loves this uh, breakfast pizza that I do. Um, you know, we do like an, a whole wheat, uh, a whole wheat uh, crust. Um, and then I do like bacon or prosciutto um, with a sunny side egg on top. Um, scallions, tomatoes, that kind of stuff. Um, his favorite breakfast go-to is just an omelet. Really, it's an egg white omelet, broccoli, jalapenos, and bacon um, with home fried potatoes. Nice. Nice and easy. Um, so we rotate between those things and some other things too. But, uh, you know, we kind of stick with those for the most part on days that we know he's going to be here because he's not always here. So he wants something that he knows he likes. And when we are here for extended periods of time, then I kind of try different things. And we spend the off season practicing different recipes too. So what about game day? Is he home for dinner? So, yeah, but dinner is after the game. So it's usually a late, like, 11 p.m., 11.30 dinner. And um, so a couple of things there. Mm-hmm. So is it lunch, then, as a big meal on game day that you're making? And are, get this in before I forget. Oh. Are you cooking with his physical um, well-being 
in mind all the time or if he says I want a greasy cheeseburger <laughs> is that part you already know what he yeah. needs and what he wants yeah for sure I, it's a part of my job to know what he needs and what he's going to need to perform well even if he doesn't always want it and so that might be oh you, so you get to play mommy yeah sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but mostly it's not so much mommy as it is chef you know right. and it's hey my job is to make sure that I'm fueling you um, so that you can perform appropriately and that you know and he's a young guy he likes food he likes uh, southern food he's a you know he's from North Carolina so he likes barbecue he likes fried stuff he likes fried fish and so my job is to find the things that he likes and try to turn it into something healthy or just make sure that we do it sparingly so you know one of his favorite things to eat is a fried fish sandwich um, so I've been air frying that fish you know we're not mm-hmm. we're not dipping in grease every time if we air fry it then he gets the same feel the same nostalgia from eating his favorite piece of fried fish um, and it keeps it healthy you know less oil less breading all that stuff um, can I ask if you've been to Yonder yet and have their fried fish sandwich? I have not. No. Okay. Just no. We'll make a there. note of that. I'm, yeah. trying to, I'm trying to help you live the best <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. We're always open to new places to go. Um, but yeah, on game days, we do a brunch. He takes a nap. Um, and then we do a pregame lunch that he usually takes with him and eats a little closer to game time. And that's either pasta. It could be pasta. It could be uh, like a grilled chicken. Um and sometimes it's his favorite, peanut butter, jelly, and banana. I just discovered the joys of peanut butter and honey. Oh, oh I love that. That's, me. that's yeah. good. That's, that's my good go-to. One. Peanut butter, for me, I peanut butter, you, banana, honey is yeah, my thing. Yeah, the three of them together. Yeah. I got I to gotta expand my horizon. For sure. <laughs> so, um, then, so he eats dinner after the game. Mm-hmm. There must be nights where you either get a call or you don't get a call mm-hmm. that I'm going out with my buddies after the game. Does that happen? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he first off, he's a guy and he can do anything he wants. Right, but, you, <laughs> but you've already. But my point is, you've already cooked. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my job again is to be available to him. So, and it's not just him and his household. He has a team. You know, I wasn't the only one he brought um, from South Florida. So, it's not like the food's going to go to waste. But certainly, there are times. I mean, hell, there's times Crystal cooks for me, and I show up, <laughs> and, I, and I've already snacked on something on the way home. Um, so, you know, it happens. But that's just scheduling. Um, How big is this team? How many people are, are? There's a handful of us. What do they do? What are the functions? Um, well, one's a trainer, um, and, um, then there's some other people who handle logistics in his life. Dry cleaning, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I would assume dry cleaning is included in the the logistics. Right, but someone who just runs errands (laughs) and... Yeah, he and has a personal assistant be like for sure. And a legal end of it too, but that doesn't have to be local. Anyway, I'm just curious. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, there's some yeah, vital, no, there's some sure, vital there's, people in the camp. You always want to make sure if you can have a trainer, have a house manager, have an assistant, <laughs> have a chef, have a nanny. So Hassan has a nice little entourage around him. He's Are insulated well. Cooking for all of them? So it's not just him? Yeah. Oh. That's a whole different picture than I had. I wasn't thinking about that. I was very small-minded, <laughs> which is which is common for me. Well, some, you know, it depends. You know, at the end of the day, Kiara is hired by Hassan, so that's her priority. If others are there, they can eat. But if they're out doing their job, then no, they're not yeah, eating. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't <laughs> mean they're present for all meals. But if there's a house full of people, when it's lunchtime or dinner time, then for sure they get the pleasure of eating my food. But so how do you know that? You don't want to bother him with who's coming for lunch. 
Well, uh, we communicate fairly well. You know, every so often, if he says, "Hey, there's going to be people at the house," then oh, okay. we we communicate that. So, so it's, it's, it's sprung on yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, no. We we've been together for a couple years now, so he we have an understanding. We know when to communicate when, and he knows what I need to know in order to perform well. And you know, my job is to not just feed him, but also make him look good and we don't want to have guests at the house not eating (laughs) you know what I mean watching him eat so um you know we we communicate and if there's going to be guests and we take care of those guests and that's that's it that is great so do you you have time like who cooks for the two of you I cook I do all the cooking cooking. there you go she does and how's that it's amazing. I'm a good cook, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't doubt that. I'm just saying she's got to be fairly uh, particular, right? She knows what... She's she, actually not. She's the yeah. opposite. Oh, there you she, go. That's why... <laughs> but she she likes getting the same service that she puts out. Mm-hmm. So watching her, I know exactly what to do. And so I'll, I'll do it. She'll come home to gourmet. It just depends <laughs> on what I'm in the mood for. For sure. She takes good care of me. She cooks because she knows oftentimes I'm in the kitchen, you know, 12 hours a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, like the last thing I want to do is come home and cook a fourth right. or fifth meal for the day. Well, that's always got that's always impressed me about chefs in restaurants. They go home and cook for their families afterwards. Some of them. Sometimes. Some do, yeah, I don't know all, many chefs all. that go home and cook. <laughs> oh, I do. I've, I've heard quite a bit. They go home and they'll they'll cook. Or, yeah. or they're, that's one reason Asian food is such a favorite mm-hmm. amongst Portland chefs is because there's so many later night Asian opportunities. Right. Exactly. And you just take that out or go eat there and chill out yeah, without anybody uh, bothering you. And we do a lot of eating out. Um both here and in South Florida. So, and that's true that Asian places are typically open a lot later. Um, well, so I always wondered why on the, my Facebook feeds and Instagram, chefs are always at the pho place and always. We are. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> I love it. Well, I always find that interesting because yeah. I, I like it, but they I, cater to us. <laughs> they cater to our hours. <laughs> do you um, go to the Blazer games? Do you watch every game? Do you need to know what happens so that when he gets home, you're like, nice three point play? Nice. nice well, he, Hassan isn't shooting three pointers. <laughs> he but, shoots them every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> every once in a while. Every he'll once shock in you. a while. He'll shock <laughs> you for sure. Um, yeah, I definitely watch all the games. Um, I go to some games, but. Like we said earlier, he expects to eat. You know, I have to serve dinner after the game. So, um, you know, in an effort to try to not have to rush through cooking his meal and have it ready when he gets there. You know, I don't go to the game unless we've already determined he's going to go out to eat or we're all right. going to go out to eat after the game. Um, but but definitely, I'm always watching the games, you know, unless we're traveling while they're playing and I can't catch it. Um, always, because not only, you know, is it matter whether they win or not like I'm invested in this guy like right. I want him to win I want him to be happy and that means that he has to be productive at, at his job so I'm a fan of his more so than anything so I, I, I want them to win does a playoff run benefit you financially no no it doesn't matter no it doesn't matter so he's gonna, you're gonna be with him either way yeah are that so I've pretty I have years where I follow the Blazers more than others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Nick fan from way back, but I haven't been able to be one. So that's impossible. <laughs> Good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I stopped. So I, uh, you know, I had my years where I really paid attention. And so I know, are the Blazers, in your mind, going to make the playoffs this year? Are they going to go far? I think they can. Um, you know, mathematically, there's still a chance. And I think... How if, remote is it? I haven't looked at the standings for the last couple of weeks. I think as of yesterday, we were like four games behind. Ooh, um, that's tough. Yeah, not we're really, the whole though. Month, the whole month. If we're four games month behind and, and we have 
two a month and a half right, left. Month and a half. We got Dame coming back. We got Nurk coming back. Um, I think that we could win out the month of April for sure. And if the teams in those slots ahead of us are losing simultaneously, there's still a chance. Um, and I don't bet against Damian Lillard. No. I, I, I don't Never do, it. do that. <laughs> I don't do it. So, you know, I'm not going to say they're not making the playoffs until they don't make the playoffs. Right. Well, yeah. I think they have, they, yeah, the four games isn't a lot to make up. But the problem is you got everybody, they're all not going to just lose like that. So you don't play the well, game. The, the teams ahead of the, us have been on literally seven game my, losing streaks. Well, the Miami come. Heat is on yeah. a losing streak. Yeah, but they're, they're in, but the that's east. in the East. But, um, okay. but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies just snapped at eight. They were in front of us and they had like a seven or eight game losing streak. So if we do what we're keep supposed that, to do, keep that that's streak all we live, can do. Baby. For keep sure. That streak <laughs> exactly. So um, do you. I don't mean to put you on the spot, and you can absolutely not answer this question. <laughs> you got a favorite blazer, like that you really l- think is the nicest guy. Besides, of of besides Hassan Whiteside, <laughs> exactly. Besides, <laughs> besides him, and by the way, that's no slight to anybody else. But is, no. there, is there someone that you think, man, that, if people knew him, he's genuine. <laughs> the guy you see on TV is that guy, or you don't see it. This guy's really nice. Yeah, I mean, I've in terms of who I've had time to spend time with, I've spent some time with Trevor, um, and I think Trevor Reese is an incredible guy. Right away, you know, as we just had an, a preliminary conversation when he got to town. Um, recently, we had a lunch, a private lunch for all the Blazers, uh, myself and Chef Lex and Chef Kenny, Chef Brandon. We did a private lunch for the players, and he was warm. He was excited. He was just really into everything. He enjoyed every component of the lunch, and he wanted to talk to us and interact and, you know, and, and talk about what we do. Um, and I find that to be incredibly genuine. He's not being He's just not talking for the sake of talking. Um, And he's a cool, very nice guy. So, you know, just in terms of who I've had to have conversations with, I've gotten the opportunity to talk to. um, I'd say him. I've spent a little time talking to CJ. CJ's really cool, smart guy. Um, And same with Mello in passing. We've kind of talked. Very warm, you know, genuine. I've heard he is one of the coolest people going. And even in New York, with the spotlight on him. For a long time, he was gracious and humble. Well, you know, they say you are who you are and money just enhances that, you know. So if he was a good person or a good, cool human being, you know what I mean? It just gives him an opportunity to be more of that. Um, well, yeah, but that goes the other way, too. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I've seen it and I mentioned it when, um, you know, when we talked to Lex, same thing. If you've got someone who's got a propensity to be a narcissist or something, sure. money. Yeah. I mean, look. Yeah. Look, money, get, <laughs> money gets in the way. So, yeah. um, well, that's good. And it's a hard, it's not an easy place for you. It's not easy because you're dealing with people who get a lot of what they want when they want it. So I got to say this, though, because, um, you know, she got a chance to talk about CJ and, and, and Melo and the other, Ariza. But Hassan, we got to drive that point home as well. Yeah. Is an incredibly nice guy. Mm-hmm. He is a really nice stand-up dude. Just a good-spirited guy. Um, he's fun to be around. And he must be because you would not stop and make a point of that <laughs> had you not wanted to say it. And like so. you said earlier, you know, private chefing is more than private chefing. Like we literally, especially when we were in my in South Florida, um, we spent sometimes 15, 16 hours a day together. And I'm in your home. And if I didn't like him as a person, I would have given this up a long time ago. Right. You, you have know? to have a vibe. <laughs> yeah. There, there has to be some sort of, you know, connection and just warmth, you know, and he's a really cool 
cool, fun guy. And uh, he's a pleasure to work for. Let me ask you this, because I like these kind of things. <laughs> um, is there any, so, you know, there's a circle of players. Is there anybody that you've heard of who can't keep a chef in-house? Oh, not at the Blazers, fair. but, but not, you know, is there a player? You don't have to name them, but is there a player that just is such an asshole that they can't keep a chef? They're over there conferring on the side. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about a player, but I was thinking about a, a, person. A, a musician. Oh, well, that goes without saying. But, Do we need the Jeopardy music here? <laughs> no, but we, we, we won't disclose them. We yeah. Won't disclose. <laughs> no, I wasn't saying, I wasn't looking for a name. But, but yeah. Do you see, well, I well, guess yeah. the question should have yeah. been, do you see anybody who just keeps rolling through and never really uh, gets consistency with yeah. their private chef because yeah. they can't yeah. keep them? Yeah, for sure. And And I think that happens for a number of reasons. One, because people who have money have a... You know, a propensity to just want new stuff all the time. Or they want what they want. They want what they want. They want to try something new. But they don't know what they want. They tell you one <laughs> thing and you do it, and then this isn't good enough. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, I've seen, I've seen one guy in particular with a, a nice rotation of chefs, almost probably monthly, and that's a challenge. Uh, I would not want to be one of those chefs. Um, but, but yeah, we've seen that with artists. We've seen it with with uh, athletes. Um, and just some folks who aren't easy to get along with and they just can't keep good quality people. Um, so luckily I haven't come across any of those folks in terms of my profession and what I do. Um, but yeah, certainly there are people out who can't keep, you know, who can't or won't or choose not to, you know, keep a steady chef for sure. So the two of you, what is, uh, what makes you happiest together? <laughs> is it work? Do you want to go to the Caribbean and, Sure. Yeah, I mean, we love we love traveling. We love figuring out how to scale and grow our businesses in a way where we have more free time. Um, we love giving back to the next generation. You know, I think it's so important as Kiara speaks that people know that she didn't just create this overnight. There's a practice and there's a research and there's a studying. And I think that when women in particular, especially as we celebrate Women's History Month, understand that you can do anything you want to do right now with practice, with care, with research um, and keeping a strong team around you. Uh, that's what we're about, making sure other people know that they can do this. We we have fun. We live a good life. I mean, it's food, <laughs> and I get to talk about food. So it's just, yeah. it's a good time. Yeah, and, and what I love about what I do is the opportunity to create opportunities. Um, and something that I love, you know, when we say, hey, I want to do an event, you know, at American Express, or if they call and say, hey, we need to, you know, we need to feed 1,500 people. Yeah, it's great for my business, you know, but ultimately that means I get to employ 20 or 30 people and not just put money in their pocket, but give them exposure and give and let them know, hey, there's something you can do. You know, and right now I got a team of people who are running my company that, you know, in South Florida who are doing events without me. Um, you know, we have events where I have easily 30, 40 people on staff. Um, and it's a great thing. You know, it's cool for your ego and all that stuff. But I love cutting checks <laughs> at the end of the day. I love giving people opportunities to work and, and, and create a new life for themselves. So, you know, it's it's fun to do that. And then at the same time, you know, I love to go to high schools or trade schools and find kids who are struggling, struggling with figuring out what they want to do with their life. 
and say, come hang out in the kitchen. You know, if food is what you like, you know, let, here's an opportunity for you. And it's not traditional. You know, it's it's not that straight. Hey, go to college, spend four years, get a degree. But if you're passionate about it, you can come and kick ass in this industry if it's what you want to do. So that's what I love about doing what I do is being able to say, hey, guys, you know, I tried college. It wasn't for me. But when I went to culinary school, I couldn't get enough of it because it was what I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's an opportunity for you to do something you love and, and create a good life for yourself. We could go on forever. We really we could. We go on for a long time. <laughs> but there's a, unfortunately, there's an end to this. Um, have you just, I'm curious. So when you go, you're you're in the the presence of people who need private chefs, mm-hmm. pretty cool people. Have you brought anybody along from your catering company in, in Miami who you thought, hey, I got someone who'd be perfect who'd like to travel. Have you created those opportunities for those people? Yeah, well, that's what we always try to do. Um, whenever there's an opportunity to, to give someone a job or you know find a client for them, definitely. Um, here in Portland, we haven't had the chance to do that yet. Um, because uh, first off, having a private chef is not you know just something that people make an easy decision of. You know, it, it costs a little bit to have a personal chef on call all day every day, um, and it's an investment. You know, it is, and not just in money, but in time and looking and making sure, like we said, it's a good fit. Um, but we definitely have chefs uh, ready to go. You know, who who can um, be a great addition to any household in terms of providing and caring and 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 taking care of their culinary needs. Good. Before I, w- I call one of those, I'm going to call you. <laughs> Come out to the coast and make that bouillabaisse. Yeah, yes. no I want that. Yeah, that's a good or, one. Or, or something you're making. Crystal, <laughs> <laughs> so when I cook, you know, and what we love since we've been out here to Port in Portland is that because it's such a few of us, you know, like my family, her family is still back in South Florida. You know, Hassan's family is really not here. Um, when we do holidays, it's just us, really. It's, it's she and I and Hassan and, and the, you know, the small team that he brought with him. And I cook and she makes her sangrias and she does her desserts. And, you know, it's it's a family vibe. So, you know, we we enjoy keeping it tight like that and building continue to build our relationship, you know, here in Portland and everywhere we go. Well, I so that we were talking we started out talking about the difference between a podcast and television mm-hmm. and what you have to do to prepare. There is one little downside to podcasts is that people listening to this aren't going to be able to see the googly eyes that Crystal has been making <laughs> at you. She just loves, she's eating up every word that you say. She's got some beautiful eyelashes and those are just. And those are natural eyelashes. Are they really? Those are the most natural, well, long, beautiful I, eyelashes. I noticed the important things. <laughs> so, she, but you have been, you're like, you, the look you have on your face when you're listening to Kiara yeah. speak is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm proud of her. Yes, you are. Yeah. And you're both proud of each other. And I'm proud that on the podcast we get to have you come in. Yes, it's and been thank a real you. Tre- yeah. It's been a real treat. I hope yeah. you know you've been on a million podcasts. <laughs> I hope this was one of the more this, pleasant experiences. This is good. First of all, I never get asked to come on the podcast with Kiara, yeah. so that was fun. So that makes it that makes it top of the list right there. Cool. <laughs> but it was conversational. You know, we love talking about Hassan and, and and really just talking about the things that we've been able to do here in Portland. It's fun, you know getting the chance to keep that conversation going. So, yeah. 
Do you, think he, do you think he's going to listen to this? I don't know if we have any plays. I think he will. This part, podcast. I think he will. He listens to a lot of things that Kiara has done, and he, he's in tune. So yeah. yeah. Hi, Hassan. Th- Thank you. <laughs> Get the other guys to they listen. They got a lot of playing time. Um, so those guys, they do listen to quite a few things, and and um, yeah, they listen to things on their plane rides. You know, they got a lot of hotel time on road trips and stuff like that. So for sure. Cool. Well, thanks for taking this time Definitely. to come in. Really appreciate it. And um, thank you for having us. Thank oh, you. Pleasure. Glad we got, we didn't get to spend any time the other night really talking a little bit. I know. But, um, but this made up for it. This is good. Yeah. The, well, I knew this was coming too. Yeah. So, you know, there's that old adage. If, <laughs> if I knew, no, if I knew this was coming, I'd bake a cake or something or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> you didn't bring, you didn't bring cake, but next time. Yes. yes. So, in the, in the 2022 season, 2021, maybe. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right